Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Comes to Boyce, chance to shoot, back on his left foot, left foot shot, and Boyce! Oh, what a brilliant achievement from Boyce! He scored! <laughs> and it's 2 1 odds! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club and the podcast that makes dreams come true. We will get to that. We will get to that shortly. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by a man in Spain at the moment, Mark Donaldson. Hola, señor. ¿Qué tal? (laughs) All right, pal. How's it going? Um, makes dreams come true. I mean, I know we don't have much prep for this podcast, but you didn't tell me about this. What, who, what's, what's going on? Whose who's dreams coming true? Do, if you win the competition today on Scars Around the Funnel, do you get to play in defence for Hearts against Celtic this weekend? What's happening? That, that sounds like a nightmare, to be honest. I don't know if that <laughs> sounds like a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good. No, that that's in reference to um, the, the promise that Mr McGowan made on behalf of of us um to our friend Stephen who called the podcast when we did our phone in oh, we've never yeah. been to a hearts game and um mr mcgowan said we'll we'll make it happen and and we are making it happen on saturday albeit he's albeit, not gonna be there well he's gonna be there he's not gonna well, be, not he's not gonna be sitting with us because he got a better offer but anyway we, we we'll get to that because He's not joined us, and he might not join us tonight. So it means I can have more of a dig at him when he's not here to defend himself. Um, never but stopped you beforehand. What was that? It never stops you before. No, that's true. That's true. Anyway, we don't need Ryan because we are delighted to be joined once again by Stevie Morris. How are you, good friend? I'm good. Hello, guys. Good, good to be back to speak to you. Good to come on and, and talk about all positive things hearts related. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the podcast for this, is it? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Stevie. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. <laughs> uh, of course, Stevie, you joined us um, previously. You know, you came on. You spoke about your your fight with MND after your diagnosis last year. How are things with you? I know you're still managing to to get to games, but maybe a little bit harder at the moment. Yeah, I'm still going to all the home games. Um, I'm, I'm there all the time. So it's, it's great to be able to do that. That's what keeps me going, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, as far as how we're doing, I think since I last spoke to you, uh, things have got a bit worse. Um, that, that was to be expected. But there are certain things that could have happened that haven't happened. I've still got my, my voice. 
which is, is great because that tends to go with people, M and D. Um, and I can still walk, albeit not very far. It's only a few paces I can do now. Um, I've got myself a, a stair lift. Uh, so it's like being on the shows, pulling myself up, up, in the, up the stairs. <laughs> and uh, at the moment, we're having a bit of a laugh because we've got guys in, getting my, my bathroom downstairs converted into a wet room. So having a good laugh with the guys that are uh, doing the job there. Um, but that's coming on That's coming on well too. So all in all, I'm a, I'm a more than half-fueled type of guy. And that's, again, that's one of the other things that keeps me going, positivity. So keeping positivity and keeping seeing the hearts is what does it for me. I love your positivity, Stevie. And I love the fact you say hearts keeps you going. And, and that's something I'm sure we're going to talk about because we speak a lot on this podcast about recency bias and, and, and hearts and football and life in general. And I mean, since we started the podcast, we've had three new prime ministers and four chancellors of the exchequer in the okay. last five, five minutes. <laughs> but with the positivity aspect, watching hearts is for, for you. You've just said that it, it keeps you going. It's something to look forward to. At the end of the week, I'm in Spain this week, right? And I was at Cadiz last night, right down. I didn't know where Cadiz was before I even came here. Why would I? We're doing La Liga now, so you kind of got to know these things. And we did Cadiz last night, right down. It's one of the most southern points in, in Europe. We did Rayo Vallecano on Friday. Both of these teams are completely central to, to the, the area of the city that they are in, especially for Cadiz, because they are a a one-club team. They've got a rivalry with Betis, who they played last night, who are from nearby Seville, which is where I'm speaking to you from tonight. They've got a rivalry with Sevilla as well. But everybody lives for the football. Everybody's desperate for match day. And it was a nil-nil draw last night, but it wasn't a case of celebrating. That was a good result for them. But everybody looks forward to, to the game. And I, I think it's important to, to realise, we all talk about, oh, Robbie this, Robbie that, the team this, the team that, the defence this or the defence that. When you support a team like Cadiz or Sevilla or Betis or Hearts or whoever, to have something to look forward to at the end of a week, which is difficult for us all, I think you can't underestimate that part. So for you to say that Hearts keeps you going, I totally get that. And hopefully the next time we speak to you, let's be positive, the next time we speak to you later this year, hopefully, or the start of next year, you can talk about, well, yeah, things weren't great when we spoke the last time, but we picked up. And now we've got some injured players back because it's it's looking ahead, isn't it? That's what keeps us going. Absolutely, yeah, totally. And I think that's one of the big things. You know, we're playing at the moment with 10, 11 players out injured. Not only that, we've got players actually injured in every single position. Mm -hmm. I didn't think we had a goalkeeper, but I actually did find out one of our goalkeepers is injured. Um, <laughs> the guy, Paris, is four doors along for me. And he's under uh, 16 or under 18 goalkeeper. So he's injured at the moment. So every single position at the moment, we've got somebody who's unable to play. Is that Victor, is it? Sorry? <laughs> the goalie, is that Victor, is it? <laughs> I've got it, so I bet so that's all Sorry. that plumbing that's was... been done in my bathroom. I didn't get that one there. Victor bad. Um, a terrible joke, to be fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I mean, you are you're spot on about the injuries, um, and we will get to on the field activities. We'll talk about uh, the trip to Florence. Uh, we probably won't talk about the football much, mainly because um, I was off duty, so 
Good no, times, you don't remember it, do you? Um, and it wasn't even the stadium when the first goal went in. Uh, we will also talk about the Aberdeen game, and we will go into a bit more depth for that because I was uh, unfortunately sober for that one and watched the entire 90 minutes. And we will look ahead to Heart Celtic. But we're also going to um, carry out our raffle for MND Scotland. So we've been fundraising on our Just Giving page. We spoke about it on the previous podcast. We've put out on social media and we've had a terrific response to that. And we have some prizes to to give away. So we will do that draw at some point in the middle of the podcast. And I'm sure there'll be some other tangents to go down before the end. Okay, you're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So last week, uh, actually a week ago tonight at the time of recording, last Thursday, Hearts were playing away to Fiorentina in the Europa Conference group stage. And it was a wonderful trip to the the capital of Tuscany. A trip, I think we said uh, last time we titled the last podcast, No Hope or Expectation. And I don't think Hearts fans travelled there with with either hope or expectation when it came to what happened on the field. But I think hope for a, a good trip, an enjoyable voyage. And in the end, I think that's what they got. Um, I travelled eventually via Edinburgh and um, Dublin although an extra night in Dublin and an extra three or four hours in Edinburgh Airport that I hadn't planned. But one thing that I think was terrific about the trip, and I've seen other people talking about similar things, was just bumping into to Hearts fans, Hearts fans that you know, Hearts fans that you've never known before, some fans that you've just known on social media, um, saw Tony Brown, um, Blair Meikle, two people who, who I know, uh, at the airport, had some beers with them before we even left Edinburgh, bumped into a lovely group of Hearts fans on the flight over to Dublin, which was our second attempt at a flight to Dublin. Uh, Ryan, Heather, Sharon, Dave, Craig were my Dublin pals. We went out for dinner, <clears throat> had a few drinks. Um, when we got to Rome eventually, after a night in... Uh, sorry, when I got to Florence eventually, after a night in Rome, just a, a wee... 200 mile trip north from Rome uh, so many people I know so many people I'd never met before uh, it was just a terrific trip, uh, you know, shout out to the group that I was with, Stuart, John, Scott Ken, Darren, Kev Val, Nigel, I saw Rob Borthwick of course who does Hearts TV with me, Nicole Hay who used to do We Have No Cares with Rob I think I walked to the stadium with Craig Fowler there was a few guys in between who I either knew before or only met that day um, I think late on the night, Alan Falls, who's a good friend of Gary Locke, uh, bumped into me and we were having a good chat and he pointed me in the direction of my apartment, I think, although it took me another 90 minutes to actually work out where I was staying. But the atmosphere was terrific. It was a beautiful historic centre, stunning old buildings, and it was just painted maroon. I was only there for the Thursday and very briefly on the Friday morning, but there was a, a wonderful collection of Hearts fans, about 4,000 or so singing, um, having a few drinks. Um, I think you've just named them all. I know. I'm trying to go through everyone. But <laughs> I think what what was terrific about it was, you know, the atmosphere was wonderful, incredible before, during the game, after the game. But the fans received so many plaudits. You saw it both back home and locally as well with the people of Florence and in the press there. Don't get me wrong. Hearts fans were very intoxicated, me included, of course. But 
behaving themselves, you know, just having a good time. And even in the ground, it was just a constant noise, constant singing and passion, but no problems at all. And I think it just, it was an absolutely fantastic trip. And for me, it was my first trip abroad, actually, watching Hearts. And I think I picked quite a good one. I know, Stevie, you've um, you've been to a few in the past. And I know your son, Craig, who, who I've known for a few years, was like, over and he's been telling you all the tales from it. But I think for games like this, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's it's going out with the, the guys you know, the guys and girls you know, meeting folk that you maybe don't know, making friends, having a good time, and it's just it, it's just made so many memories. And I think it's painted hearts in a very good light as well. If we take out the actual football, yeah, it's fantastic because watching all the the videos on social media was just fantastic to see everybody having such a great time. The amount of beer getting drunk. Um, the songs that were singing, some new ones I'd never heard before. The actual number of people that are there. The routes that they took were fantastic and fascinating as well. Yeah. I mean, now we've got Ryan here, you can go all kinds of different routes. I mean, you mentioned I've been to a few. One of the ones we did was Prague at night two. And me and my pal, this is how bad it was, because we didn't have Ryan here then. What we'd done is we had to eat 20 miles bars each. And the rappers got you from Edinburgh to London by train. <laughs> <We've done that. laughs> We booked a flight through GTF Airlines. I kid you not, that was a new one. Wait, wait, hold on. GTF? Like GTF? So like GTF. GTF. It was a, a travel Come on. And the airline was Daniel, who we went bust the day after we came back. We got sold for a pound. Um, we, got a, we got a train. Um, we, flew, we, we flew from London to Berlin, and we got a train from Berlin through Dresden and into Prague that way. We got stopped at the station with a woman that had a photo album and she goes, here's where you can stay because we never booked anything. And she took us to this fantastic place it cost us something like 10 US dollars a night. It was a brilliant trip. We bought ourselves, we brought half bottle of whiskey with us. We thought we might, might use that. But so cheap in Prague we never bothered. And we gave it to the guy that, that had the, the room um, and we're paying the money. We say, look, you can have this, this whiskey. And back then, just after communism, whiskey was hard to get. So the guy who was doing cartwheel was going, oh, this is great, this is great. And the last night we were there, we were in a pub with loads of Harps fans. We were on a bus. I can't remember the name of the supporters club, but they went by bus. But they couldn't spend their check rounds. So what they did is they piled all the money behind the bar and said to get all the locals all drunk. And the guy who wrote on the blackboard for the, the menu was the words of the Harps song. And all these check guys were saying, Harps, Harps, Harps. <laughs> Fantastic! Wow! And uh, I mean, Mark, you were watching from afar. I, yeah, I but same as Stevie, same as Stevie, Laurie. I lived vicariously through all the videos on my pals that that were there. Who I'm not going to name, otherwise there'll be a twenty kind of four hour podcast after you took twenty three hours to name everybody <laughs> who was there. And but that was only some did. of them. That was only some of the people. Who yeah, and look. I was getting messages as well from Mercy and Mercer, who was stuck outside for the first twenty minutes and said that the organisation was was awful. Um, I mean, Rob McLean yeah. gave Hearts a goal that I'll gladly take. So we we so if you missed the first, he gave Hearts a goal. We only lost that four two, so that's a pretty decent result against a decent Italian side. Fiorentina four Hearts two, bearing in mind that you didn't see the first one and Rob McLean well, saw one that didn't really count. There was a rumor. There was a rumor. So we were queuing. So I was mm -hmm. uh, Craig Fowler and I were queuing, and um, there was a rumor start going about the queue because the game had started. The Hearts had scored. 
we've scored. It's one nil. It's one nil. Hearts. And you know what Chinese whispers like. So, and I think some people were maybe deliberately egging on this pretend goal. So it's like we've scored. We've scored. And some people are going, yes, we're winning one nil. Like Jesus, has that actually happened? But, but we, as you know now, we nearly did. So at which yes. point in the proceedings were you aware that we had come close to scoring? Um, probably shortly after that. But I remember right. we, we eventually walked in and eventually found our way to seats. And it was only at that point that Craig pointed at the scoreboard and we noticed we were losing by this point. <laughs> and then when it went 2-0, I think I turned to him and said, I missed the cue, that moment when we thought we were winning 1-0. <laughs> but um, it, it, it was one of those, yeah, that the football kind of very quickly played second fiddle. But fair play to the Hearts fans. And yeah. um, like Stevie, uh, uh, no, I've... I've not sat with the actual fans. I mean, I know at Tyne Castle, I'm pretty much with the Hearts fans, but I tend to be in the home end when we're playing away from home. I've not been with the fans properly for quite a few years. And I was like, oh, what's that? Which That song, I don't know all the words to that one. <laughs> we only had one song last time I was in an away end. Um, but it was, it was terrific, terrific, terrific creativity. And yeah, the atmosphere was just amazing throughout, um, despite what was happening on the pitch. And I think it was just, I think it just showed what is possible, um, you know, with Hearts fans behaving so well, but still creating a great atmosphere and, and having such a good time. And um, yeah, I miss Florence. I've got the Florence Blues. People cleaned up, didn't they, afterwards in the main square? Yeah. They cleaned up all the bottles and cans of whatever. Really good. That's, that's a great PC ambassador. Yeah. It certainly was. So it was a great trip. I, I I think at this point, you know, by the time this goes out, it's over a week after the game is finished. Playing a side way above our level, I, I don't feel it's overly useful for us to dissect what happened nope. on the field um, at the Artemio Franchi. Um, however, there are things to dissect after that. We're going to talk about Aberdeen against Hearts. Now, I've got an email actually sent by Kelman Chambers, who's a, a regular listener, and um, it's interesting. I thought I'd read out before we get to the Aberdeen Hearts game because he sent it before the Fiorentina game, but I think there's some pertinent points here. He says, Hi guys, I'm sitting at the airport waiting for my flight to Pisa and listening to your pod, um, so I thought I'd uh, give my take on their recent malaise. Uh, the thing that stands out for me is the lack of leadership on the pitch. Successful teams are full of leaders or captains, but we seem very timid, even allowing for Boyce and Halkett being out. I would have expected to see someone step up and take a leadership role. I don't want to criticise the recruitment as it's generally been very good, but in January we need to bring in a strong character. Our team is too nice and we miss a Naismith type character who will not only get in the faces of the opposition, but also his teammates. All of our successful teams in the past have had characters, that word again, and that, that would drag the team through the tougher times. What do you guys think? Anyway, off to enjoy the delights of Pisa and Florence. Cheers, Kelman. So I'll come back to Kelman's point because I think it is something I want to touch upon. Um, in terms of the Aberdeen game, Robbie Nielsen made four changes from the side that lost in Florence. Uh, Atkinson, unfortunately, out, joining the long injury list. Uh, Haring, Devlin and Grant, the other changes. Of course, Devlin serving the second of his two-match suspension. In came Toby Sibic, uh, Kiermut Soglu, uh, Robert Snodgrass and Lawrence Shankland. Now, Hart started with a 4-2-3-1 formation. Gordon and goals 
Sibic right back, Halliday left, Kingsley and Cochrane in the centre, uh, Keogh and Sodgrass, the holding midfielders with Humphreys, Mackay and Forrest behind Shankland. Interestingly, in the car on the way to the game, uh, Rob and I were trying to work out the team that we'd play. And we kind of agreed on what we wanted to do was play like, right, let's stop playing loads of players out of position. What's What backline could we play that would play as many players in their strongest position? And we thought... Cochrane left wing back, Kingsley left centre back, Sibic centre of the back three, where he's most comfortable if he is going to be in a back three, Nielsen right side of the back three, and it leaves a little gap on the right, so you've not got a right wing back, so we're like, well you have to put Forrest there, we haven't got anyone really to play that position just now, but at least it plays four of your back five, if you'll call it that, in what we thought was their stronger positions. We didn't start with that, but interestingly, ten minutes in, because Andy Halliday another joins the long injury list, which I think is at 11 now, goes off. And the reshuffle sees Hearts actually change to that. So you've got Gordon and Goals, of course, Nielsen, Sibbett, Kingsley is the back three with Forrest, the right wing back, if you want to call him that, and Cochrane left, Keogh and Snodgrass centre, Mackay, number 10, Humphreys and Shanklin up front. And I quite like this, the, the shape that we changed to, the, this kind of 3 4 one, two. Um, with who we've got available, obviously I'd much rather we had a few more players back, i.e. we had a right back, or we had Halkett and Rolls back in the team, or we had Boyce back in the team, but with who's available, I didn't actually mind that shape. And um, in terms of this first half, Stevie, I thought Hearts actually played pretty well in the first half, um, especially given the circumstances. Certainly created a few chances, I don't doubt about that. Um, and we looked quite lively. And although I, I wouldn't say we looked particularly solid at the back, Aberdeen no. really didn't threaten much at all um, in that first half. Um, no. I mean, that was really team. surprising. I thought Aberdeen just, yeah. I think they were, I don't know if it was a byproduct of their 4 0 pumping at the hands of Dundee United, but they were so deep for a home team. I don't think I've seen them play so passively or so cautiously at home to us before. Yeah, and, and looking at the team and the players available, in inverted commas, because we didn't have that many, um, <laughs> I think that was about the best team we could have put out there, mm-hmm. other than uh, you know, putting uh, some kids in there. But if you threw kids in, in a game like that, I think it would have been suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you're right about the defence. I think that was one concern. Like, despite we were dominating possession, I thought we were controlling the tempo of the game in the first half. However... Aberdeen, just by smashing the ball up the park a few times, did manage to get in behind. We were still looking a bit uncertain at the back, and I think that's a confidence thing more than anything. But, you know, when the chips are down, the chips are down. You know, we saw it with Barry Mackay at Rugby Park with his inexplicable miss early on. And in the 29th minute, it sums it up really for our luck at the moment as well. A lovely move, actually, this from the right. I think Stephen Humphreys has been a real bright spark in recent weeks. Um, and I think I think part of the reason Aberdeen were so deep was because of Humphreys. They thought Hearts might actually try and play a bit more direct and get Humphreys in behind. We obviously couldn't play that direct approach, which I've actually wanted us to play recent weeks. We had to be a bit more patient because Aberdeen just had everyone behind the ball and they were sitting so deep. But Humphreys takes a throw into the box. And what I love about this is he takes the throw to Shanklin and he can, Humphreys, as soon as he, basically he's throwing the ball and he's bombing it into the box as he's throwing the ball pretty much. So Shanklin holds, Shanklin holds it up, plays Humphreys in on the angle, cuts it back from the byline. It's a lovely swift move, which is why Aberdeen are caught out 
And Cochran does what he was doing last season, which I really liked, which was making that run in around the back because he was pushed to the left wing back role, which is where I like him. Made that run in around the back. Totally find himself free. And he's about to knock the ball in for 1-0. He's, what, edge of the six-yard box. And there's no defenders near him. The goalkeeper's obviously not going to get back to it because he's the other side of his goal. And he doesn't really even shoot in the end, does he? No. And I think every single Hearts fan would have left their seat as soon as Cochrane got the ball because they knew it was going to be a goal. And yeah. how could he miss it? It's incredible. Oh. But I have to, I have to rerun it a few times to look at it myself and say, how did he miss it? It's just... It was, it, was, it was harder to miss than it was to score. It was. He's got the oh. goal gaping, and I think he, he he almost miscontrols the ball in the end rather than actually get a shot. Um, but again, I mean, two minutes later, he was back up. He got between two players, cut it back to Shanklin to knock the shot wide. Uh, Humphreys drove through. His shot was blocked. Snodgrass had a, a follow-up saved. Um, and right at the end of the half, Lawrence Shanklin was played in and he had his lob well saved by Kelly Roos, the Dutch goalkeeper, who, to be fair, I thought had a very good game. I thought both goalkeepers made some decent saves. Um, I guess the warning signs would have been just before that Shanklin shot at the end. Uh, the ball came to Toby Sibick and under no real pressure at all, just inexplicably just played the ball straight to um, Miofsky and he played in Duke, who, who should have scored. He's one on one. It's a good save by Gordon, but the um, but the attacker really probably should have buried that. But that was the warning signs, wasn't it? I think for all that dominance at halftime, Hearts had about 60% possession. They missed two or three good opportunities. I thought they were playing pretty well. The worry was we looked nervy still as soon as the ball was in our back line. And that was with without Aberdeen really pressing us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all the guys in the pie at halftime were saying to themselves, you know what? That wasn't a bad first half. The second half, I'm looking forward to this now. Oh dear, they got it wrong. Yeah, they did. I mean, so to be fair to Aberdeen, you know, they were they were poor the first half, very poor. I think Hearts were much the better side, couldn't take their chances. But Aberdeen up up the ante the second period. Um, that said, Hearts had another terrific chance in the first minute. Uh, Stephen Humphreys going through one on one, tried to round the goalkeeper. There were some penalty shouts. I, I, I thought from the replay, it looked like he just got a nick on the ball the goalkeeper um, I could certainly see why the referee wouldn't have given a penalty there uh, but Aberdeen were starting to cut through uh, Duke got in forced a shot from uh, a save from Gordon on the angle Miofsky should have scored in the 57th minute after a good play by Ross McCrory but they were starting to cut us open this, were the, this is where the worry was Hearts were starting to look nervy um, they had another miss 61st minute another Attacking wise, I thought Hearts were okay. This is where, you know, we've we've, we've criticised Hearts going forward quite a bit recently, but it's hard to criticise the way they were going forward on Sunday because again, Mackay plays Cochrane and cuts it back, and it's another big miss. Shanklin this time couldn't get on target, but defensively, um, sixty minutes to go. This is the opener. Good move from Aberdeen from the left, but it's very weak defending. Um, I think it's a fifty-fifty that McKenzie wins. Nice ball by Ramadani, but Nielsen gets caught the wrong side of Duke, and Nielsen was really starting to struggle at this point. Ball through the legs of Gordon. Um, at this point, the, the game's been... Hearts have had the better chances at this point, but Aberdeen go ahead, and you can instantly see the heads go down, can't you, Stevie? This is where... this is. I think this is a big problem. For me, Sunday tactically wasn't the big problem. 
for me it was confidence I think and this is for me that's almost a bigger worry than injuries or tactics because you can you can tweak tactics and you will get injured players back it's very hard to change confidence when you're low on it isn't it yeah and I think when they, when they lost that goal I can't remember the one in another 50-50 every 50-50 after that went no. Aberdeen's way and certainly the, the back three uh, were very very nervous for the rest of the game um, yeah. and the players that you would expect to be Stephen Kingsley is a great player I know but he really had a, a poor uh, poor second half after the goal very he disappointing did. He did. I mean, five minutes later, they go 2-0 down. And you're spot on. I mean, the problem with Hearts just now, um, I, I, I was saying it before the game at the weekend, you know, we need to score first. If we concede, the heads go down. And I was I was pleasantly surprised by the fight back at Rugby Park <clears throat> that we managed to do that. But as soon as Aberdeen scored, you felt like the writing was on the wall. And the second goal sums it up. I mean, there's still 11 minutes to go at this point. And this is a shocking goal to concede because... If you if you were watching the full game, you'd have seen that Duke was struggling. He'd went down, and he was just gonna he was gonna he was about to get subbed off. He wasn't he, he wasn't fully fit at this point. He was about to be subbed off. You could tell he wasn't really keen to start running at full pace. But he basically walks past Lewis Nielsen, still inside the Aberdeen half, and he no more than trots all the way to the edge of the heart hearts box. I mean, you would think you would think it was either a training game or it was 95th minute and the score was already 4-0 because no one engages them. This is 1-0 with 11 minutes to go. The game is still very much there. Oh, too. And he just walks through and just has to roll it to to Bezowin, who finishes well. But from a defensive point of view, I thought that was, that was shocking. I mean, so easy for the Aberdeen player to just waltz past Lewis Nielsen and he's a young player but he really should have done better yeah, yeah. I think he will get better as well he is, he is young and he's still learning the thing that, that disappointed me is that when he lost it no one came in for cover you know, that was, it was so obvious you head for the head for the attacker but they just let him go yeah and I think that sums it up just now um, Mark you know we're not going to we're going to go into a huge analysis of the game we've already gone through all the main points and it's not really just the Aberdeen game but right now I think the, the huge issue for Hearts as well as injuries, it's just morale and confidence isn't it, you can see it in the players, you can see it in their body language and uh, you know, we talked about it before the start of the season, we all agreed we're going to have a tough first half of the season not just from a fatigue point of view with all these games but a morale point of view, because it doesn't matter if you're playing Fiorentina or Istanbul Bashakshi here. When you get the when you get rings run around you on a Thursday night and you get four or five goals battered past you, it's hard to then pick yourself up for a game on a Sunday. Without wanting to, to betray any confidence, I was going back and forward on WhatsApp with Craig Gordon and, and, and Craig feels down right now because he's he's desperately trying to find a way to lead by example, but he's finding it hard. Now, when you're playing better sides and you're getting... We, we spoke about this during the summer, didn't we, about what's the best competition for Hearts, Europa League or Conference League? And, and credit to you, Laurie, you said, look, Europa League's much better standard or, or is likely to be much better standard of, 
of teams, and that could be really embarrassing if we get drawn in a group of death and get thumped 4-5-0 every week. Ultimately, we've got two Europa League standard teams in yeah. the Conference League that we were drawn against. And when the goalie's finding it hard, and he'll pick it up, he's, he's looking forward to the break, just to, for everyone to recharge when the World Cup's on, and he's optimistic, he's confident that they can bounce back and they'll get players back as well. But it's just the, the difficulty that he's having, among others, we haven't really been through this over the past couple of years because we've experienced upward curves and success coming up from the, the championship and then finishing third with ease last season. So it's actually a learning curve for everyone at the football club, for Robbie, for Craig, and for everyone else. And I was really intrigued and, and interested listening to the conversation that you and, <coughs> oh, excuse me, you and Stevie had there about the Aberdeen game. And I purposely asked you not to include me in any discussion about the game because over here in Spain, I've been commentating myself. I've, I've watched brief highlights of the game. I'm not going to know what you don't know. And I don't know enough about the game having not seen it. I've not had time to watch the 90 minutes or extended highlights. So delighted that, that Stevie and yourself were able to, to do that. But what it does give me is the opportunity to look at this from a bigger picture. As someone who didn't see a lot of the game, but is looking right now at the lineup, Cochrane, Civic, Kingsley at the back. One of those three is a normal starter in that position if everybody's fit. Forrest at right wing back wouldn't be anywhere near that if that was the case. Halliday wouldn't be anywhere near that. That would be Cochrane's position. Snodgrass would be on the bench. Keogh might be on the bench, might be starting, don't know. Barry Mackay would start, Humphreys and Shanklin. So middle to front, let's not talk about that just now. Let's talk about the, the defensive situation. Those seven players I mentioned, Cochrane, Civic and Kingsley, Forrest, Snodgrass, Keogh and Halliday. If you're Craig Gordon, and we were talking about this in commentary last night of Cadiz against Sevilla, because there must have been about seven, eight or nine changes made by Sampaioli during the game to the formation. Gone is the day you have a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 or a 3-5-2. We've spoken about this before, Laurie, about the flexibility of formation during the game. But they had different, seven, eight different defensive combinations during the game. That's a nightmare for a goalkeeper as well. So Civic came in, Cochrane's playing in a slightly different position from where he's used to. Let's look bigger picture here. It's not great and it's tough. We've got Celtic coming up. We'll probably lose that. Hopefully we can get back into it. I'm looking forward to being at Tynecastle next Thursday for the, the Riga game, the RFS game. It's just about getting what you can when you can and utilising that to try and boost the morale because it just takes two or three games with good results, but it's when you don't have the good results that's the problem. So looking at that defence, it isn't ideal. It's what we've got. I would challenge anybody to manage hearts right now to get a, a, a decent tune out of that old fiddle. And Stevie was talking about the, the recruitment. And Joe Savage has had a lot of praise, quite rightly so, for some of the players that he's brought in. But did, it's easy now to say it. Did they do enough in the summer? You can't foresee injuries to Kai Rolls and to Craig Halkett and to Nat Atkinson and to Michael Smith and to loads. It's very difficult. because what, How do you say to someone, we want you to come to Tynecast? Oh, brilliant, great, nice. Yeah, to be like second or third choice off the bench in case one of our three centre-backs or two of our three centre-backs or all three of our centre-backs go down. It's very difficult to create that competition 
for places. So it's not a time to, to kind of have a go and have a dig. That would be an easy target. I'm just saying, look at the defence that's in front of Craig Gordon right now. Let's try and be patient. After the Celtic game, hopefully we can pick up. If we don't, then everyone's perfectly entitled to ask these questions. This is new to us, playing three games in a week. We've struggled with it so far. Let's hope we learn from it. I think there's some fair points there, but at the same time, 10 defeats in 14 games. And <clears throat> you're, I think, you're right. I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still thinking bigger picture. I, I envisaged us having a very tough first half of the season. We spoke about it. So, I mean, it's not something that we're, that we're kind of, we're, it's revisionist here. We're starting saying it now. We said we, we thought we would have a tough first half um, to the season. It was a really difficult run of games, especially with the Thursday matches. But at the same time, Stevie, 10 defeats in 14 games, morale is down. We saw in season 2019-20, it can very quickly turn into a disaster when morale is down. Regardless of if you've got some good players out there, if you're losing, sometimes it can be hard to pick up. And whilst I think calls for the manager's head are way, way too early, I think you've got to give them at least a break, a chance to regroup. That's the pressure that comes with managing the hearts. And that's the pressure that comes after you finish third, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, the season started, we were all aiming to be third again. And yep. if realistically, the European group would be third in that as well, we were third seeds. So we're probably going to end up third in the European group. And we're only three points off third place in the league with a game in hand, but with 10, 11 players out and in, in every single position. Pep Guardiola couldn't couldn't do wonders to do to make things better. I think at the end of the day, when the players come back, we've got a great chance of climbing up the league, no problem at all. The problem is getting the confidence back, and we do need a win, and we need it pretty quickly. Um, but to do that, we do need some of the players back. And don't forget, a lot of the players that didn't play on, on Sunday are internationals. You know, you've got Boyce is an international. You've got Devlin now, who's an international. Atkinson, who's an international. The list goes on, you know. It's, it's, Robbie must be so frustrating. You know, he's got a team there. It's half a team. We were actually playing a reserve team against Aberdeen, and they were celebrating like they won the World Cup at the end of that match. Yeah. And I think that shows a lot about where they are as well. I think the big thing with the league is um, <laughs> we shouldn't take a positive, I suppose, from just saying, well, no one else is doing very well, but it certainly keeps us in the mix, the fact that bar the top two, there's only eight points between third and bottom. There's very little to separate those sides. Um, so... Yeah, as I said as well, one of the issues, when you look at the league, Rangers and Celtic are the only two teams that are in positive goal difference. That's how bad this league is at the moment. Yeah, I think apart, from, apart from Aberdeen, Steve, I think we spoke about it, wasn't it? Yeah, there was just one team outside of, of those two. I think, that's, I think that's a really good point. Right, Aberdeen are plus five goal difference Everyone else is motherwell or level. Everyone else has got minus goal difference. There's, look, the way we're playing right now, there is nothing between Hibs in third and Ross County in 12th. I know a few weeks ago we said there was probably three sections to this league. Celtic and Rangers, then the kind of European chasing, top six chasing sides, and maybe three or four teams at the bottom. They're beating everyone else. We said that. We say this every single week. Every team can beat every other team. It's no surprise. If St. Johnson go to Easter Road tomorrow night, are we surprised? No. No one's surprised. I'd be surprised if Hearts beat Celtic, but there, take the top two out of it. So you, you've got a situation here 
I mean, I know there's people here that aren't happy, understandably so, and quite rightly, um, Laurie, you brought up 10 defeats or 14 or, or whatever as in You can easily look at that and go, the Motherwell game, we won 3-0. We could easily have lost that game. The Riga game, Craig Gordon made some fantastic saves, could easily have lost that game. I get that. Kelly, if you're going to do that, you look at Kelly and go, well, we would have gone one up. If we're scoring goals or taking goals away from us or them there, then that should have been a goal for us there. The bottom line is that give me right now a position where we are single digits behind third place going into the new year with most players back. I'll take that. And I know we're only three points right now, but if at the end of the season, and I still think Hearts will finish third, what am I basing that on? I'm basing that on the players that we have coming back from injury. And as Stevie mentioned, hopefully, it's not going to be easy because you're still going to build that momentum but these players won't carry the baggage of defeat upon defeat upon defeat because they've not played in it. So if we can get them back up to speed, I'm optimistic. I'm not confident, but I'm optimistic mm-hmm. that we'll finish third. I don't know if it's Scottish Cup or, or whatever, but we'll not finish third if we find ourselves double digits or or more. Goodness, that'd be triple digits. Ten or more points back um, come the turn of the year. But we have to get these players back. We, it's, it's basically we're we're under fire right now. We've we've just got to we, we've got to get make the best of this. We've got to find a way of of just getting through it. But I look at Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest. They could easily have sacked him. What did they do? They gave him a new deal and they sacked the recruitment team. That was very interesting for me. They've honestly it was like they ran twenty competitions in local papers and said the winner of this gets a contract and a a huge salary. That was really interesting. And I just wonder going forward, if if you're a head coach, you're told, by the way, we're signing this player. Okay, well, I'll train him. Because that's, in essence, what, what Robbie's is doing. If Joe Savage is in charge of this, I don't want to make excuses because it's easy to make excuses. The bottom line is the buck stops with the manager and the players. It hasn't been good enough. But if you're near the bottom of the English Premier League and you're going to give Steve Cooper a new deal, right? Because he's the one that got them there. He's the one that got them from the championship up through the playoffs, into the Premier League. I mean, excuse the, the the vulgarity here, but you can only piss with the cock you've got. So from a Hearts perspective, Robbie is the one that got us into Europe. He's the one that allowed us to enjoy Florence, and you were waxing lyrical about that, as you should have done, and everybody else. The result wasn't great. I loved Switzerland. Anyone that was in Riga loved that. We want to be back. It might be Robbie that gets us there. I hope it is. I hope it's not somebody else, but come on here. Let's just have a little bit of context as far as where we are right now. And I'm not saying he's managing with one hand behind his back, but let's have a level playing field. When we've got a fully fit squad or nearly fully fit squad, judge us then. If it's not good enough then, then the questions can be asked. Right now, just batten down the hatches. Let's get through this after the World Cup, get the players back, regroup, and hopefully kick on. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Okay, next up, let's move on and uh, take a slightly different turn because I spoke at the start of the podcast about the uh, Just Giving page that we've been running, which includes a raffle 
to help raise some money for MND Scotland. Now, before we get to the raffle, we're going to draw it now on the podcast. Stevie will help us make the draw. We've got some great prizes to give away. Uh, but first up, Stevie, obviously, MND Scotland, um, with your current condition, uh, an organisation that you've been heavily involved with, what sort of work are they doing? Because they're obviously key to, to people like yourself in Scotland who are suffering from MND. Yeah, they're, they're doing all kinds of things. Um, in my case, um, the things they've done for me was they uh, helped arrange a will, they helped arrange um, uh, an attorney, uh, that, that was done. They helped me get things like my blue badge, and they helped me understand what benefits you're entitled to, uh, which isn't a lot, but, but they still be able to tell you that. Um, they give you an awful lot of information, and a lot of it is quite quite hard hitting. They, they, you know, they outline what will happen to you at several stages. Um, try and make it as clear and concise as they can. But you know, it's it's when you see some of the things that, that, do, that do happen. I, mean, I don't know if you guys seen the Rob Burrows uh, thing on Tuesday. I saw. I've seen some of the clips of it. But I haven't watched it in its entirety. But even the it's clip quite, I watched was quite was quite moving. Yeah, it's quite it's quite quite awful to see, you know, because at some point your voice goes. Um, and at the moment, I've still got my voice. That is quite scary in itself. Uh, then, of course, you lose the ability to walk. Um, you know, there are other things like at the moment. One of the things I find quite distressing is getting dressed in the morning. Um, so my wife has to help me sometimes um, get dressed and get out of the shower and all that kind of stuff. And again, MD Scotland point out these are the kind of things that are going to happen and these are the kinds of things you need in your house to help you. Those are things like a raised, a raised toilet seat, for example. Um, a little seat that brings you higher up so you can use a sink. Um, those kind of things they help you with. Um, but they do a great job, and it's right across the, the, the whole of Scotland that they come up. And they've got a relationship with Hearts, of course, as well. Um, got a fantastic Heart. relationship with Hearts. Yeah. yeah. Anne Park is the community director, so she looks after the, the MED Scotland relationship. So I've met a few of the, the sort of um, main, the main people in the MED Scotland as well, and they're really nice and really good. And they're delighted with what Hearts are doing, they really are. I mean, the thing about the strips, especially the second season, getting that done, mm-hmm. that is something they really, really um, valued. Um, so, yeah, I'm proud of my club for, for doing that, you know, especially with the Marius situation as well. Yeah, it's obviously there's so many um, people who have, who have now been touched by it in terms of, you know, yourself and you telling your story. Of course, Marius Salyukis, sadly. Uh, passing away very recently as well and like you said Rob Burrows who is another former sportsman who's been very high profile and you know Rangers fans of Fernando Rickson not too long ago as well so this obviously although it's awful to see um, it obviously raises awareness and MED Scotland's work uh, provides care and support to people affected by it but also I know there's funding that goes towards hopefully finding a cure and treatments that, that can be administered as well which um, which is obviously key long term as well. So uh, I think the, the the positive we can take from from obviously what we've what we've been doing over the last uh, week or two is we've now raised on uh, this particular raffle, uh, scars are in the funnel podcast raffle, over fifteen hundred pounds, which will go straight to MND Scotland. 
and they've already got in touch with us and um and mentioned you know their gratitude at what we've been doing uh and the main gratitude is of course to all of you who have contributed uh the listeners and maybe those who just saw it on social media, we've had a huge response to a terrific amount of, I think about a hundred or so people have donated different amounts. Um, I'm not going to go through all their names. We will do a prize draw. So some of them will be um, rewarded with a nice little prize, but even our sponsors uh, popped in hundred pounds. That was just a donation, not looking to, to be put in the prize draw. So thank you to Forrest Hepburn and McDonald signs for that. And to everyone who put money in it all goes to a great cause and uh, and obviously stevie knows all too well the great work that mnd scotland do so yeah uh, a great cause thanks to everyone for the generosity but we do have some prizes to give away as well and um we'll try and make this a bit more efficient than a scottish football cup draw but <laughs> and, and on that note, we've dragged in Rod Stewart to make this. <laughs> well, we don't. We don't need Rod Stewart. We've got Stevie Morris to help with the draw. So, um, I have got. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fancy wheel which has all the names and. Did you pay for uh, this? What's that? Did you pay for this? This is very fancy and high tech. No, this is just a, a. This is a very handy website which I've put in all the names. So, and it was. Some names been more than once because every five pounds you donated, you got your name in the in the. I was going to say in the hat, but it's your name on the wheel once. So some people have got the name earlier once. I think some people donated enough to get their name in there ten times, so they've got a lot more chance of of winning uh, something. And I'll go through the prizes one by one, and we'll do the draw. And Stevie, um, if this works, I'll let you announce the name once I've spun the wheel, the wheel of. Um, I don't know. What is it, Mark? The Wheel of... The wheel of I'm, I'm half expecting Carol Smiley to appear. And, it, <laughs> this being an audio-only podcast, it does. It looks like Nicky Campbell's about to host the Wheel of Fortune here. It's a multicolored wheelofnames.com. There you go. Yes. So let's... Thanks, everybody, for doing this. This is fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for everyone to contribute. And hopefully we'll be able to give you a few a few prizes so let's go so first up now we've we've had some very um kind donations in terms of the prizes as well so we'll start with um a copy of the book triumph and tragedy of 1905 12 which is by tony brown who i mentioned earlier who had a had a drink with him and his son robbie who are on their way to florence as well great book chronicling uh the run to the 2012 cup final with accounts from players and the manager as well and of course, it includes Marius Salyukas' story in that as well. So very poignant, that part of it. So Tony has very kindly donated a copy of his book. And this will be our first prize. So the winner of this will be decided when I spin the wheel of jambos. Um, we'll call it that. So let's go. First one. Oh, it's spinning. Where is it going to stop? Oh. Have, you, have you programmed this to last a certain amount of time? Oh. oh, oh! We have a winner. We have oh. a winner, and the winner is da, 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 Alan Scrimger. Alan Scrimger is the winner of a copy of Triumph and Tragedy of 1905 2012 by Tony Brown. Thank you for contributing, Alan, and we'll be in touch about your prize. And the way it works is that it's very, it's very fancy. This wheel. So once someone's won that, like a like an actual raffle, that 
entry gets removed. So if they've got four entries, they will still have three left. If they only had one, they're not in the hat anymore. So it's very, uh-huh. very systematic. Okay. So you people, people can win more than once. You know, if they've put multiple, if they've contributed 10, 20, 50 pounds, they'll have more than one chance. But one chance is gone when they've won. If that all right. makes sense. It does make sense. You need better patter. We need the three of us need better chat while the the, the wheel is spinning for this yeah, next one. Yeah, you do. That's well, that's all. Fancy donuts as well. Yeah. What was that? It looks like one of these fancy donuts as well. It does a bit, which again is not is not much use for a an audio only podcast. Audio only audience. Yes, but here we go. Right. Okay. The second very um, colourful, very colourful wheel. The second prize is a copy of Fifty One Shirts by Grant Young, which is the uh, wonderful book by Grant Young, who does our Shirts Around the Funnel podcast, which chronicles 51 different shirts worn by hearts and the stories that go with them. A strange number, Laurie. I wonder why he didn't stop at 50. Why would he possibly have gone to 51? We'll never know. Maybe it's a reference to the scoreline in Florence. Very poignant. Very pertinent. Right, so (laughs) here we go. I'm spinning the wheel. I'm spinning the wheel. And not all five ones are equally as good. Where is it going to stop? Oh, oh. Suspense is coming, mate. There we go. Oh. We have a winner, and the winner is Phil Fielding. Phil Fielding is a winner of a copy of 51 Shirts by Grant Young. So well done to Phil. Um, I I should probably take a note of these, shouldn't I? just... (laughs) (laughs) Just realized. I might actually forget. So Alan, Alan Scrimger got the first one. Phil Fielding has got the second one. Okay. I mean, we are recording this, I hope, so it's fine. We'll, um, you hope? Fielding. <laughs> it's all this for nothing. Right, okay. Next up. This up. Come on, next up. Right, okay, next up, we have a signed shirt from the Hearts women's team. Now, this is um, from Charlotte Parker-Smith, the Hearts women's number one, the goalkeeper. And this is a signed shirt from last season. Let's spin the wheel. Is it going to stop? Oh, 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 there we go. And the winner is Jim Marshall. Jim Marshall, well done. You have won a signed shirt, a match-worn shirt from Charlotte Parker-Smith, Hart Women's Goalkeeper, and we'll be in touch to make sure you get your prize. So well done to Jim. Um, next up, this is, this is on behalf of the podcast, because everyone has been so generous, we thought, we would pop a prize in. So this is a copy of FIFA 23, the new copy of FIFA. Now, we haven't purchased it yet because depending on... <laughs> no, depending on the winner, depending on the winner, they may want it on PlayStation 5, they may want it on Xbox. Ah. Uh, no point me buying a PlayStation copy and then the winner says, oh, I'm, I've got an Xbox though. So that, that reminds me of the meme with Eddie Murphy pointing to his head. Ah, see, clever. So... When we get in touch with the winner, we'll ask what platform would you like FIFA 23 on? And Scarves Around the Funnel will purchase. Can I get the money? Um, uh, let's not go there. Let's keep it simple. So <laughs> let's spin the wheel for a copy of FIFA 23 on behalf of Scarves Around the Funnel. See, I'm wondering if Stevie missed his calling in life. Stevie, you should have been. You could be in Scott Wilson because the setting up the drama and the suspense. You can you get another opportunity here. Let's let's see you on. And the winner is Craig Dick. Craig Dick, well done. Copy of FIFA twenty three. I don't know how old Craig is, so whether it's something. <laughs> By the way, if, if that's 
and I'm sure there's more than one person called Craig Dick that supports Hearts, but there was a Craig Dick that went to Penifuk High School a year or two okay. above me at school, was a big Hearts fan. And I think that's Craig Dick. So he's, he'll be mid 40s, mid to late 40s, if that's him. If it's not, then it's, that's does, a waste does, of time. Does he have a kid? Maybe a, a wee boy or girl? Who well, I've not that? lived in Penifuk since 19 something. Come on, son. <laughs> okay. Pretty, well, I'm right now. Well, look. If if someone wins and we get in touch and they really don't want it, then you know, we we can we can put it as a prize for something else. We can if someone really doesn't want the prize, then we can work out. I'm sure. Anyway, we're we're into the big two prizes now. Okay, oh. so two to go. The next prize is donate a date with Laurie. Um. Oh well, maybe yeah, we'll see. Maybe to Istanbul and a away game with Laurie Dunsar. Where you have oh. to buy the alcohol. God, if people had seen the state of me at the end of the night in Florence, then they would. Posted they it would, all over social media. They would not be wanting that. that. Just, was that just to ask them that WhatsApp group? What a what a state. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's skip that because we've got a signed shirt from <laughs> from Mr. Ryan McGowan. Oh. Now, um, oh. like like the copy of FIFA, we will confirm exactly which shirt. But Ryan McGowan has said he will sign a shirt. And it will be given away. Okay, so whoever wins this will get a shirt from Ryan McGowan signed. I'll make sure he does it, and he's promised us he will. Okay, so let's spin the wheel. No, he doesn't. Oh no! Come on, bench. Sits on the bench. No, I'm going to stick up for my pal here. Dunsam has a go on every single week. That's no Stevie. Well, right, we have a winner. Ready for this one? It is Ryan Freighter, not Fraser, Freighter. Freighter, yes. Uh, so another Ryan. So Ryan has one Ryan shirt. There you go. So you've hey. got a, a bench-worn shirt from Ryan McGowan. <laughs> You're a rascal, Dunstan. Don't, because he's not here. Would you say that to Yeah, you would say it to I his would face. say it to his face. And, um, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll see why when we get to after this. We'll get to that. Anyway, well done, Ryan Freighter. I will take a note of that. So you've won a Ryan McGowan signed shirt. Go freighter. Um, Okay, one more. Now, the last prize has been donated by Heart of Midlothian. The club have uh, very generously put a prize in for this as well. Um, They will be providing a signed shirt from this season, from the current team, which I think was very generous. Really kind of them. Thank you to Hearts for that. Really good prize. So thank you to Hart. Some may say this is not as good a prize as a Ryan McGowan signed shirt, but it's. That would be Ryan McGowan that would say that. (laughs) It was. It's exactly what he said to me. No one wants this one. (laughs) He didn't actually, but you know. Anyway, like let's spin the wheel for the final prize donated by Hearts. I forgot to wear it on Saturday at half past (laughs) twelve. Yes, you're at centre back if you win this. That's a one thirty kickoff in Spain, isn't it? And the winner is Mr. Mark Fullerton. Yes, Mark Fullerton. Well done, Mark Fullerton. You are um, going to be the proud owner of a signed heart shirt on behalf of the club. That's them all. That's them all. Unless anyone has any other prizes while we're doing this. <laughs> you no? kind of threw that on us, didn't you? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Well, thank you to um, thank you to everyone for donating, um, and thank you to Stevie, of course, for reading them out. All the winners, and thank you to everyone who donated the prizes as well. So there we have it: um, six winners of six wonderful prizes. And now I've just got to tell Ryan McGowan he's going to sign a shirt for me. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Now the Wheel of Fortune is over, the Wheel of Jambos and the prize giving is all finished. We will unfortunately have to talk about Hearts Against Celtic this weekend, Saturday, 12.30. But before then, before we talk about the game itself... Now, I said at the start, the podcast that makes dreams happen. Now, that was a reference to we our call-in show when we received a call from Stephen down in Dumfries and Galloway who said he'd never been to a Hearts game. And Ryan McGowan very, very graciously just came right in and said, you know what, Stevie, when I'm not playing on a game, on a day that Hearts are playing, take you to a game. So Laurie will sort it out. We'll all go to a match. We'll watch Hearts. We'll come through. It'll be your first game. And, you know, fair play to him, I said. That's great gesture. We'll sort it out. And we realised, looking at the fixture list, St Johnston Hibs, Friday night, Heart Celtic on Saturday. What more perfect a moment for this to happen. So, yep, it's going to happen. Sort it out because Rob's available for commentary. There's no studio. So I, I didn't have to do Hearts TV. Made sure that that was all covered. Made sure we got tickets. Fine. Spoke to Stephen who's down in Annan, I think it is, down in Dumfries and Galloway. Yep, he can come through, he can make it. Ryan said, yep, I'm definitely up for it, categorically. Let's do it. Put everything in motion. Then what happened? A few hours later, he gets a better offer, doesn't he, Mark? He gets a better offer. He gets a paid offer. Well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch Sky Sports, if you're not going to the game. And if you watch Sky Sports at the weekend, you will see a certain studio guest sharing the studio that would have been used by Hearts TV if it wasn't live on TV. So not only has and Mr. McGowan been very apologetic, but he's also promised, and he said this, and we have it in writing and we're confirming it now, he has promised to take care of all your drinks, Laurie, <laughs> all Stephen's drinks all evening. So, <laughs> and bearing in mind the evening starts about two thirty in the afternoon because it's an early kickoff. God knows mm. what time it is in here in Spain. So you have to decide. You have to find out a a bar that's expensive and b because he's he feels he's getting a, he's getting a fortune from Sky to appear on them. You have to don't choose piss water like Coors Light or shite like that. <laughs> Go for like Macallan eighteen. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so he says he'll pay for it. So enjoy his hospitality. It's the least that he can do. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, if, if Ryan's walking in pubs or in Gorgie, you only have to buy my drink because everyone else will just buy his drinks as soon as Make he Make sure he in. does, though. Make sure he does. Make sure he dips his hand. In. I don't want this short arms and deep pocket syndrome. Make sure- <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he has been apologetic and in all seriousness he is um he's got a good offer and it's good for him to get the some tv gigs it's good to get someone who talks a bit of sense on some of these and some of these things you know so um and he will he will be out afterwards so i'll be i'll be at the game with stephen from dumfries and galloway taking him to his first game and do you know what in some ways i'm kind of looking forward to a great story isn't it yeah i think it is i think it's good i mean like i said on the podcast you know why it's taking him so long and why he doesn't just support Queen of the South. That's another matter, but I think it's good to good to do it and hopefully enjoy it. And um what do you think, Stevie? Am I better to be 
sitting in the stand being able to shout and swear at the Hearts team or would it have been better commentating? <laughs> <laughs> Shouting and swearing at the Hearts team. Laurie, what you can do as well, have you tried one of these new pies they've got? The Donner Kebab Pies. Come on, Stevie. What? Yeah, they're amazing. I've I've the last week. They're absolutely tremendous. A Donner yeah. Kebab Pie? Pie. Uh, and you only get them, I believe, in uh, the, the main stand. Mm, I've not. I have heard about them, but I've not had one. Honestly, so I'll have to make. I'll have to make the most of that. And yeah, yeah look, look. In all seriousness, I'm kind of looking for. I've not been in like with the fans at Tin Castle in about eight years. I think it is just with commentating, and I love commentating. Don't get me wrong, love doing it, and um, love doing it at Tin Castle. But it's still a little bit of a novelty for me being able to just go to the pub before. Go and sit in my seat, and and you know what? I can I can bugger off before the end of the game as well if it's really bad. Which I can't. Be being diggers for quarter past one, <laughs> which I can't do normally. But looking at the game itself, so we do have to look at the game itself before we go. You mean, really, we've managed five minutes without talking about the game. Can we not just say thanks for joining us this week? We'll see you next week. <laughs> Very I briefly. I know, four defeats in a row at home. We've not even scored a goal in those four games. Up against table-topping champion Celtic, who've got 10 goals in their last two games, including six against Hibs last weekend. Hearts with, well, last count, I think I said it was 11 players out injured. Stevie, give us some hope. Or well, is there, I was going to give you hope, and I did say at the start, I'm, I'm a kind of uh, glass-half-full guy. Unfortunately... <laughs> Val, Val is going to come into play and I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic still get a dodgy penalty yeah um, I forgot to mention that first live TV game of, of Var and first ever Hearts uh, game in all seriousness I think I must have had a bump in the head I actually think Hearts might get a draw 1-1 one, one. oof take that take that he's not regular uh, because of his positive predictions he's, he's now a regular on, uh, on Hearts podcast scarves around the funnel <laughs> are you feeling the optimism Mark jeez man I'm looking at our recent results where do I get my positivity from here seriously however <laughs> you still, you're still... The referee. no Nick Walsh is the referee only, only second bad he's second worst I'm more concerned about who the video assistant referee is because that basically dilutes incompetence. And when you dilute incompetence, you get weakest piss Ribena. That's not nice. Don't, Stevie, behave yourself, buddy. So Robbie, Robbie <laughs> said it's the game he wanted. He said, and I, I know he's just playing to the press in many ways, but he says this is the game you'd want after a difficult week. Is One it? of the big teams. Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. Well... Um, they've scored 10 goals in two games. Okay. Have another half a I'm on my third, Stevie, just of this podcast. Um, so I decided to take a look back at, at games that, that we've beaten Celtic. And no one expected anything from us prior to the 31st of July. Um, 2021, albeit I was on them at 92 along with a lot of Hearts fans because it was the first game of the season and I believe it was the first game of Ange Postacoglu in charge at Celtic. 
So you go before that and you look back and you're like, okay, there's a lot of Celtic wins in there. Ah, there's one. 11th of August, early in the season, Harps beat Celtic. The goal was scored by Kyle Lafferty in the 56th minute. The game before that, at Tynecastle, we lost. Prior to that, we beat Celtic 4-0. No one expected anything from us. Now, we've got a game against Shakhtar. I'm not going to be the positive guy and say, you know what, I think we can do this. I don't trust us with that defence. This is one of these things. It's, it's basically anything you get from this is a bonus. Even with a first-choice 11, the likelihood is we wouldn't win the game. We might draw. Not with a first-choice 11, with the 11 injuries that Stevie mentioned. I think we'll lose the game. I just hope that we come out of this game, and I'm not going to make a prediction as far as scoreline or scorer is concerned, because I'd be surprised if we score. I just hope that we come out of the game saying, you know what, that could have been a lot worse. You know what? We gave everything we could. You know what? There was a structure there. You know what? There was a spine to the team. You know what? We were, we were, I suppose, we were unlucky in that game. And you know what? There's plenty to build on. So I don't think we'll win. I'm not going to fall into this bloody trap we fall into every week. I think we'll probably lose, maybe by a couple of goals. But I just want positivity from this game that we can hold on to and cling on to to take into our next game after the Celtic game. Let's try and end this this part of the season prior to the World Cup. We've got Riga on Thursday. I'd love to be in a position to be at Tynecastle as a fan, which I haven't been for years, to cheer them on. That might lead, you know what, after we beat Riga the last time we beat Motherwell, that might lead to a win at Ross County. Istanbul actually here might put us back at square one. But then we can start again against Motherwell. But you know what, we've got a team to support, and we've got a team that hopefully can pick up. I just don't think we'll do it this weekend. Laurie? Um, probably not. That was a long-winded way of you saying, <clears throat> no, we won't win. Um, yeah. we, we will have a couple of players back, apparently. Uh, at the time of recording, it's not being confirmed who. who? Um, it's not being confirmed who from what John I've John Calhoun, John Robertson. <laughs> so we might see a couple of players that have been out. Who it is, who knows at this point. Maybe by the time you listen, it's being revealed. But I'm with you. I'll take. You never know in football. At Tyne Castle, I always fancy our chances, no matter what's been happening. I'm not going to make a prediction because, like we've said in the podcast, we we just predict as optimistically as we can be. Um, I hope a bit. We'll see a bit of fight. I hope we see a bit more confidence about the team. And if we go down to a Celtic team who are just on form and better than us, then so be it. But let's hope Tyne Castle's rocking. The players respond, and you just don't know, do you? And I'll be in the stand. And if and if it's really bad. Um, I'll see you all in the diggers at um, four o'clock. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. Four. Sorry, it's an early kickoff. Yeah, um, quarter past half past one. Jeez. That sounds like your trip to Florence, getting yeah. to the diggers in three and a half hours. Come on, son. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you, Stevie, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Stevie, to have you back on the podcast. Thanks very much for inviting me, guys. Um, thank you for 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 doing our for doing our draw. Being a, you could be a, you could be a bingo caller yet. You've got the talent, <laughs> um, and and we'll maybe see you at Ten Castle on Saturday. Indeed, good, good. Um, I thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for donating, and we'll be in touch with everyone who uh, won a prize as part of our draw. And we'll be back next week. I think we'll have time for two episodes: one early in the week, and then one after our European game against RFS as Mark touches down on Scottish soil. I'm looking forward to that. 
But until then, goodbye. <laughs>